0: Chapter 12 of The Red Window. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dean O. Buchanan, Jr., Snohomish, Washington. The Red Window by Fergus Hume. Chapter 12 The New Page things went very smoothly at gore hall after durham had established lucy as its mistress during the absence of bernard the girl herself firmly believed that her cousin was dead and assumed deep mourning she had been fond of bernard in a sisterly way and felt his loss deeply it was her outspoken affection that provoked a quarrel between her and julius and which led to the breaking of their engagement lucy had a high temper which had been kept in subjection during the life of Sir Simon. But now that she had tasted the sweets of power, she was not disposed to allow Julius to treat her as he chose. Mrs. Gilroy came back from her visit to the lawyer in a rather dejected frame of mind. She saw that she had gone too far and had given Durham an inkling as to the possibility of Michael having masqueraded as Bernard. The housekeeper had thought her position unassailable, Knowing that she had married Walter Gore, and although there was a flaw in the circumstances upon which she built her claim, yet she trusted to her own cleverness to conceal this from the too clever lawyer. But apart from this, the fact that he suspected someone of passing himself off as Bernard startled her, and opened an abyss at her feet. On leaving the office, she judged it best to lower her crest for the moment, and to wait patiently to see what would transpire. Mrs. Gilroy was a well-educated woman and very astute. Therefore, she hoped to gain her ends by craft, if not by force. So far she had failed, but she did not intend to abandon her claim for one failure. As it was, she came back to the hall and behaved herself much better than she had ever done before. She was respectful to Lucy and did not display her impatience of commands that she had hitherto done. No one could have been meeker, and although Miss Randolph did not like or trust the woman, she had no fault to find with her in any way. Lucy suffered severely from the shock of Sir Simon's tragic death, and from the supposed death of Sir Bernard. In fact, the matter so preyed on her nerves that she became prostrate and Dr. Payne had to be called in. He was a handsome and popular young doctor who had practiced in Hurriston. As this was the first time he had been called to the hall, he was naturally very pleased and was very attentive. A complete rest is what you need, he said to Miss Randolph. I think you should keep your bed as much as possible, and I will give you a tonic. Naturally you suffer from the terrible circumstances of Sir Simon's death. HE THOUGHT A MOMENT, AND THEN HE CONTINUED. A CHEERFUL COMPANION WOULD DO YOU GOOD. SHALL I ASK MISS Mallison TO COME OVER? IS SHE CHEERFUL? ASKED LUCY LANGUIDLY. I FEAR NOT, DOCTOR. SHE WAS ENGAGED TO MY COUSIN, AND HIS DEATH HAS MADE HER SAD. PROBABLY. BUT SHE BEARS UP WONDERFULLY. BUT THAT SHE IS IN MOURNING, ONE WOULD HARDLY GUESS SHE HAS SUSTAINED SUCH A LOSS. "'Was she very much attached to Mr. Gore?' "'Yes. I never saw a more attached couple. "'Did you ever meet him?' "'Once at Miss Plantagenet's. "'You know I'm great friends with the old lady. "'I often visit her, not professionally, "'for she is as healthy as a trout in a pond. "'Is Alice Miss Mallison also well?' "'In very good health, and appears resigned to her loss.' "'I should have thought she would have felt it more,' said Lucy, perplexed. "'Alice has such a tender heart.' "'Dr. Payne was doubtful. "'So far as he saw, Miss Mallison was remarkably cheerful under her sorrow. "'She is philosophic, Miss Randolph, and that it wise. "'I think, however, if you would have her over to see you, "'it would do both her and yourself good.' i shall write a note to her to-day said lucy i am very fond of her and we get on very well together poor alice i wish bernard had lived so that he could have married her from what i read in the papers it is just as well mr gore did not live said Payne, rising to take his leave if he was guilty ah said lucy raising herself with animation from the sofa upon which she was lying if he was guilty "'There it is, doctor. I do not believe he was. "'Bernard had a higher temper, but he could not always control it, "'and was a kind-hearted boy. He is innocent, I am sure.' "'How are you sure, my dear Lucy?' asked a third voice, "'and she looked up to see Julius standing in the doorway. "'He came forward. "'Forgive me if I heard a few words of your conversation, "'but I have just come in, Dr. Payne.' "'I hope I see you well.' "'Quite well,' said the doctor, who did not like Beryl, "'thinking him, in schoolboy phrase, a sneak. "'I am just going, Mr. Beryl.' "'Are you ill, Lucy?' asked Beryl with affection. "'I have an attack of nerves,' she replied pettishly. "'Poor Bernard's death has shaken me. "'It is just as well he did die, though.' I have been saying that, said Payne, but I must take my leave. I will come and see you again, Miss Randolph, and remember what I told you. Rest in cheerful company. Miss Mallison's for choice. He departed smiling, and they heard him gallop off. When the sound of the horse's hoofs died away, Julius, who was looking out the window, turned abruptly to Lucy. Why do you think Bernard is innocent? he asked. "'Because if he is guilty, his action gives the lie to his whole life, Julius,' she replied, raising herself on her elbow, "'I can't believe he killed my uncle!' "'Sir Simon is not your uncle,' said Beryl jealously. "'You're only a distant relative. "'Perhaps my marriage with you may make me a nearer one.' "'If we ever do marry,' said Julius gloomily. "'So far as I am concerned, I should like to break the engagement, Julius. "'We were never suited to one another.' "'Beryl's vanity was hurt. "'Why did you accept me, then? "'What else could I do? "'It was Sir Simon's wish that we should marry, "'and, owing to my circumstances, I had no choice in the matter. "'During his life I was merely a puppet. "'But you do not care for me?' I do. I I swear I do. Although you swore for an hour, I should never believe you. There's only one thing in this world you love, Julius, and that's money. You told Sir Simon about Bernard being in love with Alice, that the poor boy might be disinherited. Beryl did not deny the charge. I believe you are in love with Bernard yourself, he said. No, Bernard and I are like brother and sister. "'But he is dead, so you need not cast stones at his memory.' "'Are you sure he is dead?' asked Beryl, warming his hands. Lucy sat up on the sofa and pushed the loose hair back from her forehead. "'Why do you say that?' she asked sharply. Julius stared at the fire. "'I can't understand Durham's attitude,' he said evasively. "'He must know that Bernard is dead, "'seeing that the coat and hat were found on the banks of the river.' No man could have lived in the cold and the fog. Yet if Durham was sure, he would not hold the estate against Bernard's coming. "'Mr. Durham requires proof of the death,' rejoined Lucy sharply, "'and until then he is bound to administer the estate according to the will. As Bernard's body has not been found, there is always a chance that he may have escaped. I sincerely trust not.' "'Ah, you always hated Bernard. "'On the contrary, I speak for his good. "'What's the use of his coming to life "'when he must suffer for his crime?' "'I don't believe he's committed it,' said Lucy dodgedly. "'You have no grounds for saying that,' said Julius, pale with rage. "'I don't need grounds,' reported the genuine woman. "'Bernard always was as kind-hearted as you were and are,' "'The reverse. I am not hard-hearted, snap Beryl. I always do good when it's to your own benefit. "'Not always. For instance, I'm down here to get a small boy a post with Miss Plantagenet as a page.' "'That is very good of you,' said Lucy, scornfully. "'Ah, you see, I can do a kind action. This boy is a grandson of Lord Coniston's housekeeper, Mrs. Moon.' "'At Cove Castle,' said Lucy, with some color in her face, "'I know.' "'Do you know Lord Coniston?' asked Julius suspiciously. "'I've met him once. "'He seems to be a most delightful fellow.' "'What a delightful speech for a lady,' said Beryl. "'Coniston is a scamp. "'I heard he enlisted in the Lancers. "'It shows how brave he is. "'Every man worth calling a man should go to the front.' "'Perhaps you would like me to go,' sneered Julius. "'You would never have the pluck,' said Lucy quickly. "'All your ends in life are gained by cunning, not bravery.' "'Lucy, if you talk to me like that,' began Beryl, "'and then restrained himself with an effort. "'It is no use our quarreling. "'Let me show you that I am not so careless of others "'or so hard-hearted as I seem to be.' miss plantagenet wants a page i found this lad in london selling matches he was a messenger boy at a tobacconist called Taberley, and lord conniston got him turned out of the situation i don't believe that it is true the boy told me himself he will tell you if you like to see him i don't want to see him lord conniston is too kind a man to behave in that way he was fond of bernard "'And that makes him perfect in your eyes,' said Beryl, looking savage. "'See here, Lucy, Coniston has left the army. "'So you see he's not so brave as you think.' "'He left so as to seek after Bernard,' said Lucy quickly. "'Mr. Durham told me so.' "'To seek after Bernard,' said Julius slowly. "'And I believe Bernard may be alive after all. "'In which case you would give him up to the police.' no said julius with an emotion which didn't him credit i should never betray him lucy if you can find out from lord conniston or durham that bernard is alive let me know and i'll see what i can do to help him how can you help him when you believe him guilty i might help him to escape i don't want to see him hanged he won't be hanged if lord conniston and mr durham can save him ah julius started to his feet then he is alive i can't say i have no reason to think he is but i'm hoping against hope said lucy rising i merely state what was said mr durham and lord conniston both told alice that bernard was innocent they will find it difficult to prove that sneered beryl with a white face i believe the fellow is alive after all if he is i'll make it my business to find out where he is and then asked lucy starting up and facing beryl then it depends on bernard himself ah you would make him pay money to save himself i have a right to a portion of the estate you have not said miss randolph clenching her fists and all of her languor gone bernard is the owner of gore hall and of all the property and of the title also. If he is alive, and I sincerely hope, his name will be cleared. And then you will throw me over and try to become Lady Gore. I throw you over now, said Lucy, losing her temper and coloring hotly. How dare you speak to me like this, Julius! I will no longer be bound to you. I never loved you, but I have always tried to see the best side of you. But you have no good side. "'You're a mean, cowardly serpent. "'And if Bernard is alive, "'I shall do my best to defend him from your snares. "'But, Lucy, don't speak to me, "'and don't dare call me again by that name. "'I give you back your ring.' "'Here it is.' "'She wrenched it from her finger. "'Now leave the house, Mr. Beryl. "'I am mistress here.' "'Julius looked at the ring "'which she had thrown at his feet and laughed.' "'You take a high tone,' he said sneeringly. "'But remember that if Bernard is dead, the money goes to charities. "'So much the better. You do not get it. "'Nor you either. "'You will have to turn out of this luxurious home "'and live on the pittance Sir Simon left you. "'Would I be better off if I married you?' "'I think you would. "'I have not much money now, but I will have some. "'A great deal some day.' "'By blackmailing Bernard,' said Lucy indignantly. Julius picked up the ring and slipped it into his waistcoat pocket calmly. "'We don't know that Bernard is alive. "'But the fact of Coniston leaving the army, and from Durham's attitude, "'I shrewdly suspect he is, and in hiding. "'I shall find out where he is.' "'and then it depends upon him whether he is hanged "'or prefers to live abroad on a portion of his money. "'The lesser portion, I know the price of your silence,' said Lucy vehemently. "'You will want the hall and a large income. "'All I can get,' rejoined Beryl quietly. "'And you have refused to share my fortune with me. "'Yes, I will have nothing to do with you. "'And remember that if I catch you plotting— I will tell Mr. Durham. You can tell him the whole of this conversation, snarled Beryl. I'm not afraid of Durham. If Bernard is alive, he'll have to pay up or be hanged. He is innocent. Julius shrugged his shoulders and walked to the door. There he paused to utter a final insulting speech. I don't know whether you intend to marry Bernard or Lord Coniston, he said, but I wish... "'whichever it is, joy of a spitfire. "'And an honest woman,' said Miss Randolph, wrathfully, "'for the reference to Coniston touched her nearly. "'But you go too fast. "'You can't yet prove that Bernard lives.' "'I go to do so,' sneered Julius, "'and bowed himself ironically out of the room, "'leaving Lucy furious both with him and with herself.' She was angry with herself because she felt that in speaking of Coniston she had colored. And, as a matter of fact, she greatly admired the young lord, even though they had only met once, for Coniston was one of those irresistible men who appeal to women. Lucy thought, but it matters little what she thought. All she knew was that her engagement to Julius, which had always weighed on her conscience, was at an end. "'I am free now, free,' she said, stretching her hands. "'Oh, what an escape I have had from that wicked man. "'He has shown his hand too plainly. "'I will put Mr. Durham on his guard and—' "'Here she blushed, and Lord Coniston.' Julius, walking towards the bower, was also angry with himself. "'As Lucy thought, he had shown his hand too clearly.' It would have been better, he considered, to have held my tongue. I should have done so had she not goaded me into speech. She will tell Durham and that interfering Coniston and put them on their guard. Well, he laughed and looked at the small boy trotting beside him. I'm equal to both. The boy was a handsome, innocent-looking little fellow, rather undersized, With his clear skin, his fair hair, and wide blue eyes, he looked like the conventional picture of a cherub. No one would have suspected that such a childish creature was born a criminal. But his mind had not yet had time to work on his face, and the mask of his childhood, for he was only thirteen, concealed his evil nature successfully. In a few years— when his passions worked their way through the mask, his face, now so smooth and innocent, would be wrinkled and sinful. His mind would have marked plainly its signet on the smooth surface. But at present he looked charmingly innocent, although he already knew much more about life than was good for him. Julius, in order that the lad might make an impression on Miss Plantagenet, had dressed him in a new suit and pleased with himself, for much of the boy remained in this precocious criminal. Young Jerry trotted along, smiling. "'Jerry,' said Beryl, looking down, "'mind you are nice to the old lady.' Jerry tossed his fair curls and looked roguish. "'Oh, that's all right, Mr. Beryl. All old ladies take to me. They think I'm a kind of holy bill, and I let them think so. It pays.' "'Jerry,' "'You are a young scamp of the worst.' "'The boy chuckled as though he had received a compliment. "'I like doing things,' he explained frankly. "'It's fun. "'When I was with old grandmother at the castle, I hated doing nothing. "'If it hadn't been for Victoria, the girl I told you about, "'I should have left long before. "'I'm going to marry her.' "'You know nothing about such things,' corrected the respectable Mr. Beryl severely." "'I know a jolly sight more than you think,' said the urchin under his breath and producing a cigarette. Julius took it from him. "'Miss Plantagenet must not think you smoke. "'She's most respectable.' "'And dull,' said Jerry, putting his hands in his pockets. "'Lord, what a bore stopping with her will be. "'But I can nip over and see Victoria when I like. "'And keep an eye on Lord Coniston, as I told you.' "'I'm fly,' said Master Moon, and began whistling. Julius looked at him with satisfaction. He intended that the boy should remain in the neighborhood so as to keep watch on Coniston, whom since left the army so unexpectedly, he suspected, on Durham, and on Alice Mallison. For this last reason he was introducing him into the house. If Bernard were alive, as Julius began to suspect, he would come to one of these three people— and then jerry would at once become aware of the fact then it would remain with bernard whether to be hanged or to surrender a large portion of the property which beryl thought rightfully belonged to him how he came to this conclusion is difficult to say miss berengaria was as usual in the garden looking after the well-being of some white chrysanthemums she raised her head when she saw her visitors and a look of annoyance crossed her face when she saw Mr. Beryl. Notwithstanding Durham's advice, she found it difficult to keep her natural dislike of the young man in abeyance, and but for the sake of Alice she would have refused to let him enter the bower. As it was, and with great diplomacy, so great that it deceived even the astute Beryl, she asked him to come into the house. Luckily Alice was out of the way, having gone to pay a visit, "'but she was expected back momentarily, "'and Miss Berengaria wished to get rid of Julius "'before the girl returned. "'She might be able to conceal her real feelings, "'but Alice, being so young and impulsive, "'might show her dislike too plainly "'and put Beryl on his guard. "'Who is this you have here?' asked Miss Plantagenet, "'putting on her spectacles "'and surveying Jerry with admiration. "'What a pretty lad!' "'He's a lad I wish you to help,' "'said Beryl blandly. "'Last time we met, Miss Plantagenet, "'you mentioned that you wanted a page.' "'Not exactly a page,' said the old dame, "'rubbing her nose, a sure sign she was perplexed. "'Merely a boy to see after the fowls "'and to wait about the house when necessary.' "'I love fowls,' said Jerry sweetly, "'and looking as innocent as a babe, "'and dogs and things like that.' "'You seem a nice lad. Who is he, Mr. Beryl?' "'A poor boy who sold matches in London.' "'But I didn't always, Pipe Jerry, shifting from one leg to the other, "'and feigned embarrassment and playing his part perfectly. "'I lived with Grandmother at Cove Castle.' "'That's Lord Coniston's place,' said Miss Berengaria, more perplexed than ever. "'What were you doing there?' "'I lived with Grandmother. My name is Jerry Moon.' "'Oh, and how did you come to be selling matches?' "'His lordship got me a situation at a tobacconist,' said the childlike moon. "'And then he got me turned off.' "'Why? That's not like Lord Coniston.' "'You'd better not ask the reason,' interposed Julius. "'It is not to Lord Coniston's credit.' "'But I must know the reason,' said the old dame sharply. "'If you want me to take the lad into my service.' jerry in answer to a look of beryl's began to weep ostentatiously i saw his lordship dressed as a soldier he snuffled and i told mr beryl his lordship was so angry that he got me turned off saying i was ungrateful you should always hold your tongue said miss berengaria angrily you had no right to tell what lord conniston wished kept secret it was only a freak on his part "'He left the army at my request.' "'At your request?' said Julius, looking at her directly. Forearmed as she was, Miss Berengaria, "'with the consciousness of Bernard's secret, "'flushed through her weathered skin. "'However, she did not lower her eyes, "'but turned the conversation defiantly. "'Let us keep to the matter in hand. "'Do you want to enter my service?' "'Yes, sweet lady.' don't talk like that child call me ma'am yes ma'am said jerry submissively mr Beryl, such a kind gentleman ma'am said you would help me i will so long as you are honest jerry thrust his tongue in his cheek but julius answered i can vouch for his honesty he said but he talks too much he must hold his tongue here said the old dame severely and shaking her trowel at the boy Where are his clothes? I have none, but what's on, cried Jerry. The kind gentleman got them for me, ma'am. You are a better Christian than I thought, said Miss Berengaria, looking at Beryl. Well, you can stay here, boy. Go to the kitchen and tell the servants to give you something to eat. Jerry grinned and ducked towards the door. Goodbye, Jerry, said Beryl, kindly. Don't forget me. "'If I do, may I be? Oh, no, kind lady, I mean, ma'am. I I won't swear. I never did, having been to Sunday school. Yes, ma'am, I'm going.' And Jerry, in answer to an imperative wave of his new mistress's hand, disappeared. Miss Berengaria turned to Beryl. "'He certainly has a tongue,' she said severely. "'I must see that he doesn't swear, or smoke, or indulge in any of those wicked things.' I hope he will do your recommendation credit, Mr. Beryl. I hope he will, said Julius, and felt a strong inclination to thrust his tongue into, sh- into his cheek also. Then he took his leave, and the old lady watched him go. What is this for? she asked herself, and went inside to write a report to Durham. End of Chapter 12